Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. I need to stop. I, You know what? No, here, here's what I need to do. I, I think we need to stop preparing for this show and just have a couple of generic things we want to talk about and then just use what we talk about with the chatty house at the break to drive the show. Okay, that's fine. Because there's been a couple of times where there's been some really interesting discussions going on. So uh, we'll have Kings Good, Bad, and Ugly from last night coming up. But first, uh, Michigan Wolverines responded to something I said earlier when I said that Fred Warner uh, sometimes looks like a defensive player of the year candidate like he looked when he looks like he did yesterday. And the response was Miles Garrett's in a league in conversation by himself as a DPOY. I tend to agree. Miles Garrett is unbelievable and should probably be uh, the defensive player of the year, especially when you're considering the fact that Cleveland is 7-3 and three solely off the strength of how good that defense is, and Miles Garrett is the tip of that spear. So that's where that lands. For yeah, me. I agree 100%. Miles Garrett, as of week 11, is the defensive player of the year, without any question. And then I put... I, I We were also talking about De'Aaron Fox and top five point guards in the league, and I said that De'Aaron Fox is at the point for me where you have to convince me he's not a top five point guard. Like, you have to make a really good argument that he's not. So we're trying to run through it. So if it's Fox, Curry, Shea Gildas-Alexander, shout out to to John Poles for for that. Yeah. SGA is definitely there. What do we consider Luka? Luka's not a point guard. Okay. Kyrie's a point guard for me. What about uh, Tyrese Maxey? Oh, Tyrese Maxey's there. He's in top five, I think, right now. Uh, for, Jaylen, for this season, for sure. Yeah, Jalen Brunson and Tyrese Halliburton, both top five. Are they? Mm. Well, well, they're top like okay, eight. Okay, so here, so here's for sure in the top five for me. Curry, SGA, Fox are are in there. That's probably your top three. And then after that, I mean, you have to really consider Halliburton. I think Tyrese Halliburton's in the conversation. Yep. Uh, who's this? Is this is where it's tough? Like. Devin Booker is not a point guard. No, Don in Phoenix. Yep. So that doesn't that doesn't track. He's also not played enough. No, I totally. I think agree. Kyrie's probably the point guard in in Dallas. Although Luca handles the ball a lot. I mean, uh, like Kyrie is the is the point guard, and and I'm I'm going to say it like at this. Does Luca make all NBA as a guard or a forward? As a guard. Oh, okay. wait. There is an out clause for him, I think, where he is listed. He's like one of the few people who's listed guard forward. Maybe what, I'm incorrect about that. Who was I hating on? I wasn't hating on anybody. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Jamal Murray, like you guys can, you can put Jamal Murray in the top 10 if you want. But again, he, he hasn't been able to prove that he's healthy. Um, You know, he, unfortunately, he's had knee injuries. Yeah. And, like there's, and even when he is good, he's not in the point, same category as good. Point for me is every player that we've named since Curry, SGA, and Fox are behind Fox. Okay. Whether they're in the top five or not, okay, we can talk about it. We can debate. But I'm not taking, I'm not taking Halliburton as good as he is. Like like Tyrese Halliburton's awesome. Yeah. But I'm not taking him over Fox. Maybe he's top five, but I'm not taking him over Fox. I'm not taking Jalen Brunson over. Darren Fox, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, who who else is in there? Tyrese Maxey. I'm not there yet. Tyrese Maxey having an unbelievable year, but I'm not there yet. I, he's a, he, like I said, you have to convince me that he's not in. Yeah. And none I, of those none of those players have convincing arguments for me in that in that 
in that sense. Yeah, no, I think right now he's probably top three without any question. Yes, okay. Yeah, the way he's playing, he's <laughs> top three, and, and, and I don't think it's even close. So it's a Domas is a point guard. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, he is a point center. That, that's yeah. It's very true. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, Chris Paul is not the Warriors point guard. He comes off the bench. Relax. Yes, relax. 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 All right, let's get to some of the good from the Kings win over the Mavs. And this is so this is something with the 49ers that always that always comes up. And Fred Warner has talked about this. Everybody, I mean, everybody talked about this. But you need your A players to play like A players. That is paramount to being a title contender. Your best players need to be good night in and night out. And that's what we're seeing from De'Aaron Fox and Damana Sabonis. De'Aaron Fox, the best player on the court night in and night out. Damana Sabonis lately has been the second best player on the court night in and night out. Yeah, I mean, if it's not Fox as the best player on the court, it's it's definitely Domas. Yeah. I mean, what he's been able to do to some of these teams is just crazy. Like, again, the domination against the Dallas Mavericks was was wild. Like, he just shoved them all over the court, and they, mm-hmm. had, they had no answer at all. Mm-mm. So, and they're not a good defensive team, but it doesn't matter if you're a good defensive team or not. It feels like this season... He's been, or at least in this stretch, he's been way more aggressive in taking his own shots or finding his own shot. Okay. And when the opportunity is there, just bullying his way to the rim and getting a bucket on his own. Instead of, it felt like, especially earlier in the season, it felt like it was a lot of like two dribbles in the low post and then pick the ball up and look to get rid of it. And now it's just not that. If he is one on one with a center or a power forward, it's, it's, it's over. Yeah, uh, for me right now, the offense is flowing so smoothly that he has every opportunity. And and that's mm-hmm. something I think people need to realize: how much of the offensive weight is on Sabonis? Like really, he they invert basically the pick and roll. The DHO is an inverted mm-hmm. pick and roll, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of the guard yeah. making a decision, it's Sabonis making a decision. Mm-hmm. And he's got the ball there. Everything is happening so quickly. Mm-hmm. His basketball IQ is so off the charts. What mm-hmm. he's able to do on every single play is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like he has so much responsibility. He has the responsibility to rebound, to box out, to, you know, do all of these other things, to go to set up to get each individual player involved in the game, mm-hmm. all of these things. And then, oh, we're going to need you to score 21 points a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, like, he finished sixth or seventh in the MVP balloting last year. Very, very well-deserved, and he probably will be in the same category this year. And he, you know, barring injury, he's going to be either first, second, third team, all-NBA center. Mm-hmm. Like, it just depends on if he, if, if so-and-so gets injured, you know, this player gets mm-hmm. injured. They'll find a way because he's that good. And, you know, I've I've talked about this where, you know, Sabonis puts up four more all-star, five more all-star appearances in a row. He's a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is. Like the way he's playing right now. He's trending that direction for sure. It's it's like incredible to watch what he's doing. Yeah. And he and and Fox were both excellent last night. Chris Duarte filling in for, for Kevin Herter was also a really, really nice... Also a really nice sign because he's he struggled 
like really badly to get on the court yeah to stay on the court so a that mike brown turned to him to be the starter i think is a good sign and then for him to play as well as he did in 33 minutes like when i saw he was starting it felt like okay this is going to be one of those things where he's going to get six minutes to figure it out and if he doesn't then he probably finishes the game with 12 minutes i think the key is that kyle right there he played 33 minutes yep he was able to stay on the court for 33 minutes and play he only had he only had three fouls in those 33 minutes. That's better. Mm-hmm. And that's who he's been throughout his career. Yeah. I, he just needed to stretch his legs, man. He just needs to calm down, mm-hmm. get sort of acclimated to the court again after a really long layoff, get to know his teammates better, and then this will this will work. I mean, he's going to be a member of this rotation for a while, mm-hmm. So, which isn't good for some of the other players who you think might be a member of this rotation. It's just not. Like, he's a more versatile player when he's rolling. Yeah, and and I'm I'm really impressed by the fact that his role was so up and down and kind of in and out that hey, Herder's got this sprained finger. You're starting tonight. You're in, kid. And he goes and plays his best game of the year. That staying ready that comes back to the whole you know two feet in and and buy in and all that. Mm-hmm. That's what that all comes back to, and that was going to be really key this year. Is Mike Brown was. doing what he was doing with the preseason with Kevin Herter and he's going to sit and, oh, and then this game against Portland going to flip the spread and the rotation is going to look entirely different. That Chris Duarte in that spot not only stepped in and and started but played as well as he did. A testament to him, obviously, like he's the player. But I think a testament to to what Mike Brown has cultivated uh, there on his bench. I I would totally agree. Yeah. Um... One thing for me that jumped out last night, mm-hmm. Davion Mitchell minutes. Shout out to our guy. That was crazy. Tom court. Hey, look at that. Eight and a half minutes for Davion Mitchell. He went over three and uh, had a couple of turnovers and one assist, but still, he played. I don't care about the stats. I thought he looked he looked good. He yep. attacked the rim. He was aggressive. He went out there and played his game. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was a, a very good defensive player in that game. And like you're hoping that he finds his way back into the rotation at some point. And that's because Keon Ellis rolled his ankle. Yeah. And Mike Brown said, when Davion gets that opportunity, can he play the right way and work his way back into the rotation? So this won't be the last we see of of Davion Mitchell, I don't think. Okay, we need to hit the break. We'll talk about bad and ugly on the other side. We've also got mad props. Ooh, love it. Our 49ers-Kings little crossover segment that we did on Friday. We'll revisit that on Monday to see who pulled out a victory, if anybody pulled out a victory. That's James and Kyle. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lou on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Let's get to some of the bad and ugly from the Kings 129-113 win over the Mavs. They, they won 129-120 in San Antonio. And then 129-113 in Dallas. Okay. So that's where I was... It's like 129, it was, a, it was not a nine-point win. It was bigger than that. Yeah. No, no. Was, see, that's what I would have expected for the game to look more like that against the Spurs. Like you should not have had the Spurs like in the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. They just—it was so funny how fast they buried the Mavs. Oh yeah, it was like it was like stop three, stop three, stop three, and it was night night. Game over. It's like all right. <laughs> you kind of want to see the Jets. like again. This is uh, the Kings are playing their first, I think, back to back tonight. Mm-hmm against New Orleans. You want to see what New Orleans looks like? 
And I'll also point this out. The Kings have had an advantageous schedule. So not only have they, you know, they're, they're seven and four, so they're 11 games. Um, it's more road heavy for sure uh, early on. But, mm-hmm. and when they get done with this road trip, it's going to be pretty lopsided. Mm-hmm. But they've faced teams on the second night of a back-to-back quite a few times already. I, I can mm-hmm. remember like two or three times already mm-hmm. where the Kings have yet to play a back-to-back. So this is the first time like the Pelicans will have an advantage over them because the Kings played last night then had to fly to New Orleans and mm-hmm. then, you know, basically have to get into a hotel in the middle of the night and yeah. and do that whole rigmarole. And then you're going to see what they look like. What's the what's the tougher one? The first game in New Orleans on the second night of a back-to-back or the second game in New Orleans after three nights in New Orleans? Oh, no, that second <laughs> one is going to be trouble. The second one is going to be trouble. But I also think the Friday game against Minnesota, that's usually a pretty good thing for a team to be on the road the day after Thanksgiving because mm, they, yeah. they're they not distracted. They're they're in it. They're going to mm-hmm. be practicing on on. Thanksgiving Day somewhere, you know, like they will yeah. actually, like they'll have a team dinner, they'll have some camaraderie things. Um, and it's the last game of a six-game road trip, which is always Dangerville, and I think this team knows it. I have a prediction. Uh-oh. Before we get to bad and ugly from the Mavs game. I think that game against Minnesota, I think the Kings are going to win, and it's going to be the one that finally gets people like, oh, hey, like the the trendy thing to do nationally is going to be to be in on the Kings. Mm. I think that's what's going to happen. Okay. The Kings are going to beat the Timberwolves, and people are going to be like, this Kings team is for real. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Like, <laughs> thanks, Greeny. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I think that there's a high likelihood that, that they're going to be really, really good in that game. Whether they win or not, we'll have to wait and see. Minnesota's legit. They're fun. I was wrong about Minnesota. They're fun, but the Kings are fun right now, too. No doubt. No doubt. So, I just, I'm excited I, to see that separate that play out. Separate from Kings Timberwolves, Minnesota's legit. Yeah. We still don't have an update on uh, whether Kevin Herter will play tonight or, for that matter, Keon Ellis. Um, Keon Ellis rolled his ankle pretty big. That was one uh, of our bad things from last night. Yeah. I, I You know, I think that we're going to have to look and see what happened there. But, uh, like, we'll know here shortly whether those guys are playing. So... <laughs> The other bad thing from last night was Keon Ellis's ankle. JaVale had a JaVale game for the ages, dude. He had a super. The play, the play where he gets the rebound and leads the break and then tries to, I don't know what he was doing, but he tried to throw a pass out to the right side and just hit Luca in the chest. It was like he was throwing it to Luca. It was such a bad so, Kyle, I usually sit there and watch the game at home. Like, pretty, I'm pretty straight up. Like, I'm watching it so like, much. oh, that was a good shot. Oh, that's, you know. And when he looked off, he had a player to his left when he got the rebound. He looks him off. And I don't know if it was Keegan or if it was one of the guards. I can't remember. I was like, no. 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 He kept dribbling. No. No. <laughs> Get and off then, the basketball. And then, Get off the basketball. <laughs> and then he throws it away so egregiously. And you're like, dude, Mike Brown, I, you better go out there and grab him yourself, dude. Like, pull him off the court now. No, 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 no. 
So he had lost his mind earlier and like lost his cool completely. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his beef is with Hardaway. He clearly has a beef with Dallas Mavericks. Of course, like, they he, cut him. he wanted to like beat on them. Like you could tell he wanted to like fight with somebody. So when Hardaway falls on him and then just kind of like puts his hand on his chest to push off a little bit to get up, mm-hmm. like there was nothing there at all. And then to watch JaVale like lose his mind, you're like, oh, no, no, no. Like the problem I had right there was, okay, look, man, Alex Lynn is out. Mm-hmm. Trey Lyles is out. Yeah. This team has like 47 centers normally. The next man up is is literally like Philip Petrushev. Like that's the next man up. Knock it. You man. can't do this right now. <laughs> You need to be a veteran. You need mm-hmm. to simmer down. Yes. And you need to play basketball and you need to stop whatever's going on in your head. Yeah. Go ask to take two seconds, stand out on the sidelines, let Sasha Vizinkov play center for a couple of minutes, a minute or two, collect yourself, go back out there and play. That's not what happened. Then he starts doing this crazy thing where he's dribbling the ball down the court. I'm like, my goodness, what is happening? What? Where are we going? Like... It's like he wanted to take over that game to show the Mavs that they messed up and in the process showed the Mavs why they got rid of JaVale McGee. I agree 100%. That's that's a really tough look for my guy. I I really like JaVale a lot, but that was... It was not a good look. It was a JaVale game for the ages. I'll point out, um, Secure into Beam here in the chat says Sasha had a nice block at the rim. Yeah, that was a swat. Like Sasha actually got up and blocked somebody. I was like, hey, look at that. Impressive. Anyway. Rim protector, Sasha Vizenkov? There it is. That's a good. Rim protector. Okay, the ugly. Bro, there's not a player. (laughs) Look, there's not a player I like watching less than Luka Doncic. This is not to say he isn't good. He is great. He is on a Hall of Fame track. He might win an MVP this year. Yes. He is all of the things that you can say about him as a basketball player and and his accomplishments and his stats. I'm with you. Aesthetically, as just a person watching a basketball player, I do not like watching Luca whatsoever. There are zero enjoyable things about it. One, his game isn't aesthetically pleasing. Like it's really lumbering and it relies a lot on contact, but it's very James Harden ish. Mm-hmm. Just particularly James Harden with the Rockets where it just dribbles the air out of the ball and then like, oh, hey, teammate, you make a play now. It's not pretty basketball. And then he bitches the entire game. He does not stop. And it he, is oh, the entire game. The It doesn't... And I never really noticed this until they played the Warriors in the playoffs and I was at a couple of those games when I was working at, at 95-7. And... Then you watch him, in pre- and there are multiple times a game where he's not on one end of the court or the other because he's talking to the official on the other end. Mm. And I, I can't, every time I go in and I'm like, you know what? This is going to be the game where he doesn't do it. This will be the game. He'll learn. Nope. What Just- I, Kyle, what I hate to add to that <sighs> is that they cater to him the whole time. The foul calls that aren't foul calls. And then he, he's such a smug punk. And he's like turning around, like laughing. Like on the on the play they re, they uh, that Mike 
uh, asked for the replay on uh, the review on and mm-hmm. won. He was laughing with his teammates like he turned around and was like it touched me like you see that I got a foul call even though the guy didn't touch me and it was like man it's not even fun to watch he flopped so hard to get the uh, the take, take foul. foul that was weird well that and De'Aaron Fox before they're up court I, like the whole thing I did was not, weird I don't I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest here I'm gonna I'm gonna be as honest as I can. I don't get the take foul. Because I thought I understood it. The take foul is like the Omri Caspi foul, where he runs across the court, a fast break's happening, he runs across the court and grabs the guy. Right, okay, right. That's what I thought it was. But that was clearly Barnes and Luca going for the basketball, and Barnes kind of got him, he fouled him a little bit. Yeah. It was definitely a foul. Luca embellishes the contact, okay, call the foul. But Fox is like ready to play defense. He's right there. He is standing in front of him. Yeah, I, I, impeding so, his path to the basket. So I don't, I don't know what the officials saw there. And again, it didn't. It's not like this. This ruined the outcome or something. But on that particular play, I didn't get why that was a take foul. Well, there's a difference between a take foul and what's the other one? The um, clear path, clear path foul. I, so, so I thought they were the same thing. No. So a take oh, foul, a, t- a take foul can happen anywhere. A, a take foul can happen all the way back underneath the basket where you can grab somebody to stop a fast break from going. Got it. So and it's one shot in the ball versus two shots in the ball. Okay. Right. So, but either way, I was like, what? A, like, sure. Why? First of all, he flops all over the place, and secondly, like, just play the game. Just play it straight up. Like, it doesn't have to be a herky jerky. Fake your way to thirty five points. You know, and he didn't in that game, but a lot of it is that. Like, his numbers are great, but he also fakes his way to, like, an extra five points a game at the free throw line. So annoying. Yeah, it's it's hard to watch, man. The foul grifting is just my least favorite type of basketball. Foul, foul grifting is one of the, your favorite terms that I've heard. It, do, it I, I, It's the best possible way to describe it. It's how Austin Reeves became the second best player on the Lakers last year. Yeah. I just, you know what? I'm gonna get into the lane. I'm gonna throw my head backwards and throw my arms in the air, and they're yes. gonna call it. They're gonna whistle it. Uh, I still rock with it, man. You still rock with it. All right. And watching Luca do that is, yeah, he's one of my least favorite players to watch. Like he is you. We didn't get to Mad Props. We'll do that next. We also have another hundred dollar gift certificate to give away, so stay tuned for that. And we will look ahead to the. Uh, Kings and Pelicans. They're the New Orleans Pelicans. Yes. That's their name. We'll look ahead to Kings Pelicans next on the Insiders here on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Leader. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Now, final segment already. It's crazy how fast that happens. D'Lo and KC coming up next at noon we'll have that for you right here on espn 1320 they will take you up to four o'clock talking about the 49ers win over tampa bay Mm -hmm. the kings wins over the weekend they beat san antonio and dallas in their little texas two-step and now they are in new orleans tonight to take on the pelicans in a first of i hate calling that a baseball series Mm. because it's it's not it's usually one game day off than another game Okay. That's not how baseball works. It's just like a 
two game swing in a city. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a strange series. I like. I'm okay though. I kind of wish that they would separate. Like this is okay playing a team twice at like game. What are we at? The Kings are eight and four, so thirteen and fourteen, mm-hmm. right? To me, that's okay because ten games you start to know who you are a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see the Kings playing a a division rival twice in the first week of the season. Mm. Like that doesn't make any sense to me because the Warriors aren't who the Warriors are going to be. And the Kings aren't who they're the Kings are going to be in the first week and a half of the season. And so I want a better representative sample before we start playing divisional games. Now, again, you want to play the Rockets twice in the first week of the season. Maybe that's okay. You want to play, get that trip out of the way. Yeah. Like non-divisional games. That's fine. But, like, for your big-time divisional games, I, I've never got that. So now the Kings are behind the eight ball. We could get late in the season, and there could be a game that means a ton for both teams. But the teams could be totally different by that point. Yeah. So I would like to see it better distri- distributed throughout the season. So <clears throat> I agree with you. There, We talked earlier about De'Aaron Fox being an MVP candidate and Demonis Sabonis being in that discussion too. Mm-hmm. So Matt Moore from... I think he's CBS Sports. He was he's CBS with, Sports forever. Now he's... Oh, he's Action Network. The Action Network. Action Network, yep, that's I've it. I've known Matt for a long time. So he has... He did these MVP tiers. He has De'Aaron Fox in the second tier right now. Okay. And these are these are evolving as the season goes. So right now De'Aaron Fox is in, is in tier two. He has Demonis Sabonis out of the running, along with Tyrese Maxey and Chet Holmgren, because... They are not their team's best player. And I actually kind of agree with that. Where Domas is going to have those numbers and he's going to be a top 10 candidate. But I don't think he has a realistic shot of winning it as long as De'Aaron Fox is doing what De'Aaron's doing. No, I understand that. Um, I would also say that if Sabonis, uh, if Fox like misses more time. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and that the Kings keep rolling not like they did in the first week of the season when Fox missed time. Mm-hmm. But again, and, and I kind of feel the same way about like the injuries. If like the Fox injury would have happened like today, mm-hmm. the Kings would look a lot different. Sure. Than, than how they look now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right? Um, but that's because as you get deeper into a season, you get more season uh, seasoning, you know, time in the pot together mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, so I, I don't know, like for right now, I think maybe you're right, but he's still a top 10 NBA, NBA player right now or real close yeah. to it. No, that wasn't, like I said, he's going to be a, in the top yeah. 10 in terms of voting, assuming everything goes how it's going. And I just, I, I think that's kind of interesting because when you put like when, when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, it was, well, neither Steph nor KD can win the MVP because they cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is necessarily that. I just think that when you look at what both players are doing, to me, De'Aaron Fox is the Kings' best player. And if they were going to have an MVP, that's who I think it would be. And again, not saying that that means Domas is less is less valuable or or shouldn't be in the conversation or getting votes or whatever it is. I'm just saying when it comes down to the voting and when people are going through their process of picking who it's going to be, I think it would be Fox over Sabonis because of that. No, that makes sense. And and that's why like, you know, you're going to, when people do these tiers and stuff, like as long as they're reasonable, I'm okay. Like even still, I would put Fox in a like slightly higher tier. 
Um, yeah, we me, do also, uh, Kyle, we do have some somewhat breaking news. Keon Ellis is officially out tonight. Mm. Alex Len, Trey Lyles are officially out. Kevin Herter is questionable with left, uh, left finger sprain. And Sasha Vazenkov is questionable with left thumb soreness. From blocking that shot, probably. Probably from being too big of a shot blocker. He He's going to be like Willie Cauley-Stein. He will never try to block a shot ever again. Oh, then he blocks one shot. He's like, ah, I'm done. My thumb. Yeah. I ho- hope it's not hope it's nothing serious for him. I was trying to find Matt Moore's MVP tiers here. God, this guy tweets a lot. <laughs> Holy smokes. Matt does tweet a lot. <laughs> Bro, I tweet a lot. Do you know how much you have to tweet for me to be like, dang, that guy tweets a lot? Uh, hang on. We're still going. We're still going, coach. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. I found it four hours ago. All right, so... Oh, and he has deleted all of the other tweets. Cool. Never mind. Bit over. Let's talk about the Pelicans. You can't find it anymore? He's deleted them. Post-deleted by author. Oh, wow. All he had was Tier 2 up there. Oh, wow. Halliburton was last cut from Tier 1. Tatum dipped a bit in the last 10 days or so, down to 27 points per game. Tatum hasn't had to be a top level for the Celtics to be the best team. Fox 32 and 6 on 51 42 76 with 2.3 stocks. That steals some blocks. Uh, the Kings are 6 and 1 with him. And so he is in the second tier with Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Tyrese Halliburton, and Jason Tatum. That's tier 2 right now. I love this live radio. Kenny, uh, Kenny has left something in the room that's ringing. <laughs> oh. I don't know what. But thanks, Kenny. Hey, Je- oh, and Jesse's not even in the Jesse's not even in watching on the stream to for me to tell him to get it. Cool, awesome, All right. uh, excellent. Kings Pelicans tonight. New Orleans struggling a little bit with injuries. Who would have thought that the New Orleans Pelicans would be banged up? I did. Literally, nobody could have seen this coming. I, I saw it coming. I-, I did, Kyle. I saw it coming. <laughs> Pelicans two and eight, two and six in their last eight. Um, I, the you have that the king should split these or or I would if here let me ask you this way, so you have this you have this down here is kings play Monday and Wednesday you got to get one. If I give you one and one right now, if I say hey you're gonna the kings are gonna go one and one, are you taking that or are you gambling hoping they go two and zero oh, assuming they're not gonna go zero oh and two? No, I would take the one and one. Wow. Really? I mean, they're riding a six-game win streak, so you hope that maybe they pick it up and they, they win today. They And then, you know, they win on Wednesday, and you're like, hey, they've got, they're up to eight games, and then you get to Minnesota, and you're trying to come home from a long road trip. Like, sure, right? So mm. that that's a possibility. Um, but I I'm also... Taking, I'm trying for the 2-0 and because the... Here's... You might go two and zero. You might also split. You might go into. I think the chances of them going zero and two are way less than the chances of them going two and zero. And maybe you wind up with a split anyway. Okay. I just think they're playing so well right now, and the Pelicans are so banged up, and Zion's in there. Okay, great. But Herb Jones is out. Jose Alvarado's out. I just don't. CJ McCollum's out. CJ McCollum is out. I just, I'm not. I'm not buying the Pels as they're currently constructed. See, and this is what kind of, again, getting back to the question that we had earlier or the discussion we were having earlier, this is what kind of sucks for the Pelicans. You're facing the Kings who, you know, in all reality, you could be in a battle for whether it's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, right? 
Mm-hmm. You could be in a battle with them for a playoff spot, and here you are facing them in November with half of your roster out. And well, if we get to March, this team could look very different. You have to you play know? some teams in November. <laughs> no, that's true. No, but I mean the two games against a team oh, right, right away yeah, yeah, yeah. is why I think it's different. Even like the Houston, I, I said, oh, you know, the Houston thing is a Houston thing. But like if the Kings are playing the Houston Rockets twice on like March 3rd and March 5th, right? Like the Rockets are going to look totally different. There's probably at least I don't think that they're going to be a team that's holding up and like is is a top tier team. I mean, I think haven't they already? Yeah, they're already fallen to six and five, so they're not that team right now. But for me, yeah, I would kind of like a safe bet. I would I would split that series. Hmm. I don't know. We had this thing last year where. The Kings got to four games over 500 like a bunch of times early in the season. Yeah. They couldn't get to five games over 500. I don't think that that's going to be a problem at all. I think the Kings will be like, again, I predicted my projection was, I think, I think my projection on season, Mm -hmm. 53 wins Mm -hmm. with the potential for more than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we're starting to see that, that this is who this team might be. Yeah. So I don't see why not. Yeah. It's so they've played twelve games. Oklahoma City's played fourteen games already. Yeah, that's the other thing. The Kings haven't played as many games as a lot of these other teams. Dallas has played fourteen. The Lakers have played fourteen. Houston's only played eleven. Wow. Yeah. Weird. The what a weird what a weird schedule. It is a weird schedule. Even the Kings when they play these teams two games in a row, they're not they're not on back to back nights. You know, we had that one set last year after the All Star break where the Kings came out and played Dallas twice. Like, literally coming out of the break, they played them on a Friday and Saturday night mm, in Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think they, the Kings won one, they lost one. They lost the first one, won the second one? Yeah. I guess how that mm, went? Okay, Luca. no, I think they lost the first one. Yeah, won the second. Yeah, Luca didn't play in the first one. Yes, that's right. Uh, um, and then, uh, and I think they beat the Kings with, uh, with Kyrie running the show. Okay. Yeah. And then lost the next night. That sounds familiar. <clears throat> that sounds about right. No, was that the, the watch? Was that the D'Lo and Casey watch party one uh, at know. Fieldhouse? Mm. I can't remember. Anyways. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Kings Pelicans tonight. We'll get to James' three keys here in a bit. Somebody in the chatty house asked, and I want to reset this with the Niners' 27-14 win over the Bucks yesterday. Somebody asked how the 49ers' defense changes with Talano Hufanga out, and I wish I could remember who it was. It was in the chatty house. Thank you for the good question. Yeah. So, I, I, ideally, it doesn't look a lot different. But I think what you may notice is because I think I think Jair Brown and Talano Hufanga have very similar playing styles in terms of at least Brown did in in college. I, I don't I can't tell you what he looks like in the NFL, but I think you're going to see a lot of plays where Jair Brown is around the football, just like you see with Talano Hufanga. Maybe it leads to some turnovers. Maybe it doesn't. That's kind of random variance that sometimes isn't dependent on the player. But as far as some of the mistakes you see from Talano Hufanga, there haven't been as many this year, but, but there, there were definitely still some ideally Jair Brown would cut down on those, but given that he's a rookie, and he's going to be making his first few starts. I think he's going to get picked on a little bit. I think you're going to see him make some mistakes. Maybe he gives up a couple of big plays. 
like you saw against Tampa Bay where a receiver just runs by him because he's planted his feet and let the receiver go by him. So I, I'm 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 confident that Brown is going to be fine. Like it's not going to be a catastrophic absence that Talano Hufanga is gone. Mm-hmm. And if you missed it, he has a torn ACL. Is a clean ACL tear. They expect him to be ready for the start of next season. But this year, I don't. I think ideally there wouldn't be much of a drop off. Yeah, I don't think so either. Especially like they. Well, you don't love their depth at defensive back. Like they do have enough that you think a guy could move over and play safety a little bit too. Mm-hmm. That's probably a better cover guy. Yeah, like if you more need athletic, it. Yeah, yeah, more athletic, more of a cover guy. And their linebacking core is so good that you expect them to just pound. It's a great point. Uh, yeah, I mean they're they don't need that guy as much as you know some other teams could use a, a run stopping, you know, like well, super hard hitter. And this is a guy that they loved and the, they traded up to get him mm-hmm. and just gushed about him and and how he was football wise and when you get him in the building and his attitude and his his football IQ and all this other stuff. So it's like all right, well in the NFL there's not a lot of you you play right away. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare that you get a chance if you're a safety to sit out a season and and learn. So guys get thrown into the fire all the time. And for me, Jair Brown has to be good right away. Yeah, like that's just kind of that's just kind of it. So to answer the question, ideally there won't be a huge step back for for the Niners defense. And if you do see one, I think it'll be you see a couple of rookie mistakes from Brown, especially early on here that that lead to some big plays. He's got three huge games he's stepping into. Mm-hmm. Short week at Seattle, at Philly, home Seattle. Yeah, that's not a lot of time to think about it, right? Man, which may be for the best. Yeah, and I think it also helped that he wound up having a really good game yesterday. Yeah, no, he he had a game you can build off of. You yeah, know? and he made a mistake, so it wasn't perfect. So that's good too. So you don't mm-hmm. have somebody coming in thinking that they got all the right answers. <laughs> like, oh, this game's super easy. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> That would always be my fear, like when when you see a major league player, first pitch he ever sees in the majors, he hits it over the fence. It feels like if I if that's me, the way my attitude works about myself is I've peaked, like I've just done it. Like I'll never do anything that cool again. That's not the first of five hundred homers for me. That's one where I'm now a trivia question. That's right. Yeah, man. <laughs> Shout out to Jair Brown. That's right. Um, I think we still have one more uh, Jiffy Lou player of the game. We sure do. Let's get to that right now. Oh, 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 I was going to hit the drum roll. Hang on, James. Hang on. There it is. Head over to ESPN1320.com right now. Hit the Jiffy Lube contest page. And at that contest page, you are going to enter the code word Duarte. Duarte. Chris Duarte is our Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game for the Kings win over the Mavs. So you're going to head to ESPN1320.com. There's a Jiffy Lube contest page right at the front. You hit that. You enter the code word Duarte, D-U-A-R-T-E. That's right. D-U-A-R-T-E. <laughs> so Chris Duarte is our player of the game. Did he have the most points? No. Did he have the most blocks or rebounds? Or no. But the fact that he was in and out of the rotation, his minutes were fluctuating, he couldn't stop fouling. And then in his first opportunity to start and run for 30-plus minutes with the starters, he turns in his best performance of the year. Bravo. That was big time. That that could have been one of those things where Kevin Herter's out and it just bogs down the offense. Oh, totally. And now Chris Duarte goes out, 
he's messing up the offense. He's fouling on the other end, and all of a sudden he's played 12 minutes, and the Kings are scrambling to try to figure out how to replace Kevin Herter. Yeah, I mean, what you didn't get was like 22 minutes of Keon Ellis and eight minutes of, uh, well, maybe you did get eight minutes, but you know, 12 minutes of Colby Jones trying to fill in a roster spot while you're trying to cling on to a win. Um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, Duarte is very deserving. And, you know, we've been hard on Chris here, uh, you know, when we have to be. When he's We've not been straight well. up haters, bro. I'm I don't think we we're haters. No, we're not. We're not. No, is he no it's there? been an. If 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 you if you have been super thrilled prior to last night with what you've seen from Chris Duarte, I don't know what to like. He hasn't been awesome. No, he's out there like kung fu fighting. Yeah, there's been a like, couple of plays here and there. He's hit a three here and he. Oh, good defensive play there, but on the whole, it was not good. I think he came into last night averaging seven point nine. Fouls per 36? Per 36. <sighs> per 36. Hey, that's too many. That's, Kyle, that's too many. That's entirely too many. <laughs> it's entirely too many. No, he was, he was awesome. So it's not always our Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game is not always going to be the the best player statistically, the best player defensively. Sometimes it's going to be the player who kind of steps up and, and, and shines in a particular area in a particular game, and that was Chris Duarte last night. So shout out to him. He is our second Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game. If you're unfamiliar, Jiffy Lube is giving away a $100 gift card on our show after every single Kings game. Mm-hmm. And so this weekend, Friday and Sunday, we had two to give away today. The first word was Fox. The second word is Duarte. You can enter twice. Get yourself two opportunities to win that $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. And tomorrow, you can enter again because the Kings play oh again tonight. Oh, my God. That's so many gift certificates. It's raining gift certificates, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, it is. Hallelujah. Shout out to Chris Duarte. All right. Let's get to our three keys for a Kings victory against the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. James, number one. Number one key. Um, do, did I write these down somewhere? Uh, let's see. Yeah. The first one was split the games. Split the games. Okay. I guess that's more of a that's more of a overarching key. So I guess start with number two, then go to three, then I have one that we can get into. Okay, you said we start with number one, just split. Go to number two. Uh, keep them off the line. The Pelicans are eighth in the league in free throw attempts. Um, play defense without fouling. That is one. It's that not matters easy. So much. It's not easy though, because uh, like Zion is a bull, like like breaking Bro, things. Here's here's my thing with with defending Zion. He's gonna get to the line. He's gonna get some foul calls. Don't let it be on oh, he's going by and you're going to reach in and try and knock the ball away, and you slap him on the wrist. Yeah. Make sure it's a foul that counts. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to foul him as he's going up for a shot, really try to like wrap him up and not let him get a shot on the rim. Yeah, he's crazy strong. He's also not off to the same start that he was in previous seasons where mm-hmm. like you're looking at him right away as an MVP candidate. Right. But when their forwards are healthy, they're tough. Uh, the fact that they don't shoot the ball all that well right now like this is one of those games where I could see a zone quite a bit, mm, like yeah. zone up the Zion and see what happens. So yeah, that's my number two. Okay, number uh, three. You want me to I hit? Guess now your number two. Uh, okay, and then my number three is ignore the back to back. Keep the win streak alive. Like there, this is one of those games where you have excuses for why you lose the game. Mm-hmm. Just don't go lose it. Go out there and win it. Key for me is to start fast. You don't want to be in a spot where you're battling uphill on the second night of a back-to-back. Yeah. Like, get out to that fast start. I, I think a big deal from last night 
was that the Kings got to rest De'Aaron Fox. Did he, he didn't play in the fourth quarter, right? I don't think so. If he did, if it was he, very minimal. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't a lot. So the fact that they got that that rest in the fourth quarter last night, where their guys weren't all playing thirty seven, thirty eight minutes, where they're grinding it out. Yeah, uh, De'Aaron Fox three and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. Domas four and a half minutes. Keegan three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. So not a ton of of action late in that game. Should be relatively fresh at least to start this one because that's where the second half of the back to back really sets in. In the second half. It's the tired legs. The jump shots start to come up short. So I think get out to a fast start. Don't try and battle uphill against a team that uh, wants to try and live at the free throw line. Yeah, and maybe you know, you've know you got some young players here that are with you on the trip. Maybe you rely on them a little bit here. You're Colby Jones. You're Davion Mitchell, who hasn't played that much. Maybe Kevin Herter comes back, but he's got fresh legs. So there are a lot of things you can do here that could kind of combat that second night of a back-to-back. I think they're going to get them both. I don't buy New Orleans. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm way off base on this, but New Orleans as a collective, when they are fully healthy, like I see the vision. Okay, I see what they're trying to do. And if you're getting All Star Zion with CJ McCollum running things, Herb Jones is an excellent defensive player, and he's starting to come around offensively. You start to see like, oh man, like that Larry Nance Jr. is in there wreaking havoc inside. You're going, man. You see, you see how these Valanciunas, Jonas Valanciunas, and then you get Herb Jones is out. Oh, now CJ McCollum. It's just like, all right. Like they're like they're fun, like they're okay. It's not like I think the Kings are going to go win by four. They should win by forty each night, but they should definitely. They're going to be the better team. Okay. Like by by a pretty significant margin. Okay. They were so, the better team in Dallas. They were, and there was no question about that. Yeah, and and New Orleans is is pretty dramatically worse than Dallas. And as we talked about, the Kings are at least going to have the best player on the floor, and should probably have the two best players on the floor, even on the back end of a back to back. Okay. So. That's what matters to me. I'm with you. I'm trying for the two and zero. You're taking the split. I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for both. I would. Oh, be. we didn't do bad props. Oh my god. That's fine. We'll get to it tomorrow. We'll what a mistake. Mad props tomorrow. What a mistake. What a mishap. No, a mad props tomorrow. We'll have uh, Kings and, and Pelicans breakdown for you as well. But before that, D'Lo and Casey are next right here on ESPN 1320. Bye.